This episode is brought to you by Crisp. What is Crisp? It is a software that automatically mutes background noise in any communication app. No more embarrassing dog barks, traffic noises, crying babies, and family chatters when you are doing your calls from home or the nearby cafe. With Crisp, those noises will be muted and your caller will not be able to hear any of them. Not only is it able to remove your background noises, it can also even remove the ones coming from your caller. So all you get is high-quality audio without the distractions. Crisp supports any devices and over 800 apps such as Zoom, Teams and WebEx. It is perfect for professionals working from home or public workspaces without worrying about background noises. Try out the world's best AI-powered noise-cancelling technology for free. Simply go to adriantan.com.sg slash crisp to get started. You won't regret this. This episode is also brought to you by Grammarly. Compose bold, clear, mistake-free writing with Grammarly's AI-powered writing assistant. With Grammarly, your grammar will be perfect every time, whether it is a business proposal, emails, or your resumes. It automatically points out grammatical mistakes and provides a one-click feature to make that correction for you. From grammar and spelling to tone and style, Grammarly helps you eliminate errors and find the perfect words to express yourself. Grammarly works on Gmail, Twitter, LinkedIn, and all your favorite sites. It even works on your phone and tablet too. Now everyone can be a great writer and write brilliantly. Get started for free and find out what you can accomplish with the power of Grammarly at your fingertips. Go to adriantan.com.sg slash Grammarly to download Grammarly onto your devices today. Hi friends, welcome to the show. My guest today is Matthew Ward. He is the founding CEO of WorkMate, an end-to-end workforce management platform with a fully integrated worker network, custom-built to enable the blue-collar workforce. They provide businesses with full visibility on their entire workforce through automating hiring, onboarding, scheduling, attendance and performance reporting processes in one seamless system while leveraging a qualified network of 50,000 pre-vetted workers ready to fill gaps. Using historical worker performance data, WorkMate equips businesses with the right tools to not only track, but also optimize worker behavior and has helped over 200 enterprise customers in the logistics, warehousing, F&B and event sectors to increase worker retention and productivity. WorkMate was founded in 2016 and has offices in Singapore, Thailand and Indonesia and has raised over US $10 million in funding to date. Prior to WorkMate, he was the CEO and founding team member of AdMax, acquired by Comly Media, managing director APEC for Lotomy, where he set up and launched their Asian business and served on the advisory board of Arden Capital. He has also worked with startups in Australia, Japan and UK. Please welcome Matthew Ward. Hi, Matt. Thank you for coming onto the show. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks for having me. So tell us more about WorkMate and what problem is it trying to solve? Yeah, so, so WorkMate's a, a workforce management platform for the blue-collar workforce. So, you know, I, I think as, as we all know, the blue-collar workforce is the, it makes up about 60 to 70% of the workforce in Southeast Asia. Yet it's massively fragmented and a lot of the way that people find work and companies find people, it happens in an offline environment I and mean, it has a number of problems around just being very inefficient, very fragmented and no kind of 
centralized system for, for, for organizing that part of the workforce. So that's the problem we're trying to solve is by using technology to help, you know, low skilled blue collar workers across the region, get better access to income and, and, and fair work opportunities while helping businesses have a more efficient way of managing their workforce at scale. So the platform is a recruitment tool for companies to hire blue collar? So it's actually a lot more than that. So the, the platform actually handles the entire workforce management workflow. So we, you know, it starts with hiring and we actually have a network of over 50,000 workers that are pre-screened and pre-verified on the platform for hiring. But it also covers everything from shift management, scheduling, time and attendance, communications, payroll processing, and we're about to launch worker benefits as well on the platform. So it is an end-to-end workforce management, but the difference that we have is we have this integrated network of verified workers. So it makes it very fast and very effective to hire high-quality people when you need them. And this 55,000 workers, are they just in Singapore or across Southeast Asia? So we actually, even though our headquarters is in Singapore, um, we don't actually operate in Singapore yet. We were planning to this year, uh, but obviously COVID has pushed that, that launch date back. But our business is currently in Indonesia and Thailand. So we have offices in, in Singapore where our product and technology is built out of and where I sit. And then we have opera, uh, offices in Bangkok and Jakarta. Why Thailand and Indonesia to begin with? What are the key unique differentiation compared to a market like Singapore or even Malaysia? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been in Singapore 14 years, you know, and my co-founder for the business is actually based in Thailand. So when we came up with the idea for the company, we thought about where the best market to start was. You know, Thailand, higher, you know, larger population, higher percentage of blue-collar workers. We felt that was a better place to start to test the model. And then we had some, some traction very early on and some customers that wanted us to be in Indonesia. So we launched there. And yeah, so that's kind of why we, why we ended up uh, in Thailand and then Indonesia. I mean, again, as we're, as we're focusing on large-scale blue-collar workforce, those markets and their scale made a lot more sense to, to test the product and get the product working properly, you know, rather than Singapore. Most companies, when they enter into uh, the HR tech space, they usually will be focusing very much in the professional uh, segment, the PMET, as we yeah. call it in Singapore. Uh, but in your case, you have chosen the blue-collar labor market. Is there a reason behind that? Yeah, so I think it's, you know, it's a great point. And I, I, I think it's really that the, the blue collar market is, is massively underserved. For whatever reason, a lot of people, when they, when they look at building HR tech, they, they're building technology for, to address problems that they may know, um, they may experience as a professional. And also the blue collar sector is, is it's a bit, you know, it's, it's kind of, a, it's not exactly glamorous, right? It's, it's, it's hard work and it's a difficult problem to solve. But we felt that it was a sector that you know, because it makes up 60 to 70% of the workforce in the region, presented a massive opportunity. And there are some major problems in that sector that we felt technology could, could make a huge impact in. So that's a couple of reasons. We thought it was a bigger opportunity where technology could make a difference. And also because, you know, no one else is looking at it and no one else is really focusing on that sector. It provides a bit more of a blue ocean than, than going after technology solutions that solve problems for, you know, office workers and, and uh, more professional and based on your experience, are there any challenges that are unique to the blue-collar market? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest challenge is that, you know, with a lot of the type of the type of roles that we support companies with, it's very kind of low-skilled, right? So there's not exactly a specific skill you need, such as, you know, loading and unloading trucks or picking and packing in a warehouse. 
So the main requirement is that you are reliable and you're going to show up and you're going to work hard and you're not going to, you know, to be honest with you, you're not going to steal things and you're going to do a good day's work. So the problem that our technology tries to solve and that we try to solve is how do you make sure someone shows up and how do you predict that they're not going to show up? Because there's a lot of things that you can pick up on, a lot of data points that we use to predict somebody's likelihood that they're not going to show up that day. So our platform is actually built to maximize attendance and reduce no-shows and reduce churn on the workforce. Whereas if you're dealing in a white collar sort of professional space, you know, that's typically not the concern. The, the concern is more about, do they have the right skill sets, right? Are they, you know, do they have good team culture, good leadership? Whereas in a blue collar space, if you're picking and packing boxes in a warehouse, the problem is, you know, knowing whether the guy's going to show up and you're going to have enough staff on the warehouse floor to get the orders out today. So the challenges are very different. I can imagine a kind of logistical nightmare when things doesn't go the right way. And looking into your LinkedIn profile, I realized that you come from many different walks of life. You were involved in an IT company. And I, I think, are you currently still running a, a school, a music school or something? <laughs> That's my wife. My wife runs ah, a dance okay. school. So my wife runs a dance school here. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm technically a director, but that's all her doing. She's, she's been very, very successful at building out a successful dance school for kids here in Singapore called All That right. Jazz. And so, yeah, it's on my LinkedIn as a director because I help her with some stuff. But I, I just, uh, you know, she's the, she's the successful one there. What motivated you to be involved in this space, specifically the blue collar market? Yeah, so I've, I've always kind of been involved in doing startups. And as you can probably see, you know, I came to Singapore 14 years ago to help a friend build a company. I was an ad tech company that we, that we were lucky enough to, to scale across the region and, and then exit in 2012. And I've always kind of been involved in building and scaling companies, but I'd always kind of done it for other people. So I'd always been like an early stage hire or a hired CEO to come in and do the work. And so I always had a, a, an itch to scratch, which was I want to do my own thing. When we actually first started the business, we weren't going after the blue collar workforce space. We actually started the platform as an on-demand home services platform. So, you know, like a service hero or one of those types of companies. But we actually, we pivoted away from that after the first year when we discovered that there's actually a bigger problem to solve by solving the problem around blue collar labor rather than dealing with the type of blue collar services. And so it was more the fact that we kind of discovered it on our journey and then found that was a much more exciting opportunity. Are there many competition? And importantly, what is your unique advantage? Yeah, so I think it, you know, when we started four years ago, or actually really when we started this, but you know, we pivoted to the blue collar manpower space about three years ago, there weren't many other competitors. There were some companies that are doing sort of vertical focused job boards that were sort of, you know, you know, some of the local ones here in Singapore that have been quite successful, like grab jobs or fast jobs, these kind of guys. But we've always focused on the end-to-end process, including worker payments uh, and so forth. So there weren't really many competitors, but we are starting to see now, particularly in the last six to nine months, more competitors kind of pop up. You know, when we first started, we were operating in many ways like an on-demand staffing platform where we actually delivered a service and it was kind of like competing with the traditional manpower agencies. But as our technology has developed and we're now providing these sort of end-to-end solutions across, you know, scheduling and time and attendance, we are starting to come into the realm of some of the HR management platforms and being kind of compared with them. The key difference that we bring and where we find that our customers see the value of, of Workmate is that unlike a, a, a typical HR management system, an HRIS, for example, 
that has shift management and scheduling. The purpose of our platform is to drive worker behaviors and to make sure people show up. So we have a lot of automation happening behind the scenes in terms of, you know, if people haven't confirmed their shifts, sending automated notifications saying, Adrian, we haven't heard from you. Can you please confirm your shifts within the next four hours or you'll be canceled this week? You won't have any shifts this week. Trying to get them to engage, trying to get them to confirm if they, if they don't engage, then they basically get canceled off a shift and the system automatically replaces someone onto that shift. So it's, it's basically all designed to reduce no-shows and reduce worker churn. So rather than just being a standard HR management system that has these features, which may work very, very well for a white collar workforce or a more professional workforce, when you, the major problem is, is the guy going to show up? The Workmate platform is kind of custom built for that. So that's kind of where we have an advantage. Who would be your ideal target customer? Because when you talk about the blue collar market, it can be quite a huge range. So is there any specific functions that you believe your platform is better suited for or it is right across? Yeah, so we, we, we generally find that, look, I mean, as a startup, right, things evolve and things change a lot. And I think it's always important when you're building a company and you're trying to solve a new problem that you pick a, you pick a narrow vertical to start with or a narrow space to start with, perfect that before you start scaling out. And we've tried multiple different verticals. We've got customers in the F&B space, you know, events and so forth. But where we've had the most traction has been in logistics and warehousing, in particular e-commerce logistics and warehousing. You know, because we have this integrated worker network where we have pre-verified, pre-screened people that have a verified work history based on other jobs they've done on our platform. If you're an e-commerce company right now, for example, who has the 11-11-10-10 sales, and you need to add staff very quickly for a short period of time, you can literally add people with a few clicks of the button and about 95% of all the jobs that are added on our system are filled within four hours. So we found that companies that have variable manpower needs and need that flexibility to be able to ramp up and ramp down very quickly, we've been very successful in. So where we've started is is e-commerce, logistics and warehousing, but we see as we grow a much broader application across multiple industries. We've already got some customers in the manufacturing sector. As I mentioned, we've got customers in the um, F&B sector, but generally where we fit is companies that have a workforce at scale. So if you're dealing with 50 to 100 workers and even across multiple locations, that's when you start to get complexities. That's where you start to have more headaches when you're managing this type of challenge at scale. And that's where our technology kind of comes into its own. And how do you typically charge? So we, we have, you know, a couple of different products, right? You know, we, we actually do, you know, we have a, obviously on a, a more of a SaaS product, if, you, if, you, if you're purchasing and using the platform for your own usage, for your own workforce, you know, we're charging on a cost per worker per month. But we also offer a fully managed service where we actually will run the whole solution for you. And that's charged on a percentage of wages, like a classic kind of contract staffing or outsourcing agency work. So you mentioned earlier on that as an end-to-end solution, you are also involved in the, the, pay, the payroll of these employees. Is that right? Correct. So companies can actually, we can actually do all the disbursements. We've got, when, when workers get verified on our platform, they have all their payment details in. So we actually process the wages. You can, you know, if, if you're using it for your full-time workers, you can pay them yourself if you want. But some of our customers actually want us to deal with the disbursement. We can actually disperse into digital wallets as well. So in markets like Indonesia, where not everyone has a bank account, some companies find it easier just to pay through, you know, pay through us to the workers, particularly if it's for a short-term job. For the full-time staff, most companies will pay 
directly, right? But if it's a, you know, a short-term kind of campaign period, they'll ask us to do that disbursement. We've covered quite a fair bit on your solution and how it helped any organizations that might have a fair, uh, sizable group of people who are in the blue-collar space. How about the workers themselves? How would coming onto your platform actually benefit them? Yeah, so we, we learned very early on that in this particular vertical, the key is to have a highly engaged, loyal you know, supply of workers right on the platform. So we put a lot of effort in the first year to really focus on what the worker wanted. And it's super important to deliver value for them. So a, a couple of things. So first of all, once they've been verified, so they have to go through a screening process when they join our platform. They have some in-app skills tests. And we also, you know, prior to COVID, we actually made everybody come into our, our offices. We have a recruiting center in each city. And actually come in and go through a face-to-face training and, and interview process. Very similar to say, you know, if you're a grab driver, you go into the grab office and do an onboarding session, right? And so we have, you know, once you're verified on our platform, one of the value propositions for the workers is that you don't have to go around and do interviews with, with, customer, with companies constantly. So once you're verified, the companies trust that the workers on our platform are, are already screened, that they don't have to do it. So if you're a worker, you know, typically in this market, you have to walk around the neighborhood, go and knock on doors, see who's, who's hiring, line up at these big mass interview days with our app, you get targeted with job offers based on your location, your skill set. And so literally you just get a constant stream of job offers on the app. You can just accept them or reject them. So it saves you a lot of time. The second thing is they're highly targeted to you, your skill sets, your location, where you live. So therefore it's much more, you're much more likely to get a job, which is more relevant that you're more likely to succeed at, and therefore you're less likely to be churned out of. So the workers find that when they work through Workmate, they, they get that benefit. In addition to that, you know, we guarantee the wages. So for example, if there's any dispute with the employer, we'll help them deal with that. And we also, as I mentioned before, are tying in worker benefits. For example, we allow workers to draw down cash advances ahead of their payday, and we make sure they get paid their social security, which a lot of the, particularly the informal workers in markets like Indonesia, don't get always paid their, their BPJS, as it's called there. So, so the workers find that they get you know, regular income, they feel that security, and they get these additional benefits that they wouldn't normally get if they were a classical kind of cash-based worker. And that's how we've managed to, to attract them. Given that we're in COVID-19 right now, how has that affected your business? So we've been very fortunate. I, I think, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of our customers are in the e-commerce space as well as in the food delivery space. So we've been doing work with the likes of Grab Food in Indonesia. We work a lot with Food Panda in Thailand. And so these companies went through a boom. And so we actually ended up having a record quarter in Q2 and that growth has continued. So, I mean, even October again, every month since COVID started has been a record month for us. So we're growing at you know, 15, 20% month on month right now. With what is happening right now, people also started to realize that all these blue collar workers are actually very essential to keeping the economy going and ensure things are still moving forward. But having said that, most people still take this sector of workforce for granted. Not enough is being done to solve the problem that the people face. And of course, things like it's not glamorous. What's your thought on this? What do you think could be done more from the government side, from the employer side, or even from the citizen side on, on making this better? Yeah, I think it's a great point. I, you know, the more that I've, you know, when working in this space, I've realized how undervalued this sector of the workforce is, even though, like, I, I call them the lifeblood of Southeast Asia. I mean, when you've got such a high percentage of the workforce 
that are doing these kind of these kind of physical labor jobs you know that's the part of the the, the workforce that that ultimately keep the countries going right keep things moving and i think that when COVID hit you know there was a lot of talk around essential workers and you know people appreciating you know the work that essential workers were doing but as countries are coming out of uh, lockdowns they're kind of forgetting about it again right you know these are the guys that get up every day in a market like indonesia they work for ten dollars a day physical labor often quite exhausting and we don't see a lot of companies trying to really help this sector of the workforce i think governments do governments are obviously particularly in markets like indonesia uh, and i think increasingly so in singapore uh, are looking at, at policies and ways to to help this sector of the workforce but I, I feel that it's massively underserved by the technology sector i mean how many entrepreneurs do you speak to that are going that are going hey i want to solve a problem in, in a part of the market which is you know, fundamentally, you know, disadvantaged or, or underappreciated, you know, how do we help these guys increase their income? I think, you know, companies like Grab and Gojek have obviously done a lot for people in this market, but I think it's, you could argue whether they've really helped these guys increase their income or just shifted the work that they do. And I think that you know, there's a lot of smart people in the market building exciting, interesting companies, but you touched on it before, like in the HR tech space, everyone seems to be building tech to help companies, you know, hire tech guys or to help companies, you know, manage their internal development processes better. There's nothing wrong with that. All companies need that. But I think that there are, if we really want to be impactful, we really want to make a difference to society. There's a massive sector there that, that needs help um, and needs help kind of being lifted up into, you know, greater standards of living. And I don't think that a lot of people, you know, I don't, I'm not sure why. Maybe people you know, they don't understand the market well enough because they're not from that, that part of the world or they're not from that sort of market. But I think, yeah, they, they are taken for granted a little bit. And I think there's a lot that, that we, particularly in the technology sector, can do uh, to help them. Are there key moments in your work mate journey to reinforce to you that you're on the right track? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've, I've always said that, you know, the key to being successful in a startup is you have to be married to, this, to solving a problem, not married to your product. If you're building a product and you fall in love with your product to, to, to the point where you drink the Kool-Aid and think it's the be all and end all, I think you lose track. You've got to be willing to, to throw everything out the door or everything out the window and start again if you realize what you've built is not solving a problem, right? And so with that vein, yeah, we've, we've changed tack multiple times. I mean, we started off going, you know, gig work, okay, on-demand staffing, you know, book a worker for a day or two. And then we quickly realized you know what, you know, some companies might like that, but workers don't want that. Workers want consistent, reliable, secure income. They want to know that they've got income for the next, or they've got work for 25, 26 days a month. They, they don't want to be worrying, you know, picking up a job for three days and worrying about where the next job comes from. So that's when we said, okay, we've got to focus on, you know, long-term kind of contracts and, and helping organize the, the workforce in general, not just gig workers. And even then we got pretty good at that. And now we're realizing that actually, rather than just contract workers we've got to provide solutions across the you know the, the, the whole workforce including full-time workers and that's what led us towards doing more of the workforce management tools so I, I think the company has evolved but there's been multiple things where you know you 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 go down a path get some traction but you kind of realize that some things aren't quite working yeah we've had to basically listen to the market learn from our customers learn from the workers listen to what they want, and then adapt and adjust and, and iterate what we're doing. And I think for any, you know, 
uh, any startup founder, I think, you know, that's the key. I mean, I, I as I mentioned, I, this, is, this is not my first first startup, right? And I'm probably one of the older founders in the market, you know, being in my 40s, not, not typical kind of like late 20s startup founder. So I do have a few battle scars. I've kind of been through the ringer a few times and had some successes and some failures. And I think that's the one thing that I've learned is that if you get too obsessed with your own product, you end up, you know, losing sight of what you're trying to do, which is solve a problem for an end user. So with that kind of spirit, we always try to be asking ourselves, is there a better way? You know, is there a better way? And we can't be afraid to throw out what we've built in order to, to get closer to solving the problem. You mentioned earlier on about the business operating in Singapore. Beyond that, what's next on the roadmap for WorkMate? Yeah, so look, I mean, on that same vein, we've still got a lot of work to do to, to, to get to a point where I really feel that we're solving uh, the problem in the best possible way. This is not an easy space to solve this problem in because we're basically dealing with, you know, driving behaviors and people to make sure they show up for a job. And, you know, technology can do a lot to help that, but it's, you know, it, it's, an, it's a never ending kind of like a uh, problem that you can keep, keep improving on. So we want to keep getting better at what we're doing. You know, we want to obviously, as I mentioned, we're, we're launching the Singapore market very, very shortly. Um, we're actually, you know, closing a, a fundraising round at the moment. And then off the back of that, we're going to look at expanding into other markets in Southeast Asia over the next uh, 24 months. But for me, I think, you know, it's just head down at the moment, trying to make sure that we're building the best product we can build to solve the problems for, for our customers. Are you also hiring right now? Yeah, we are. We are. So we're, we're desperately trying to add more people on our technology team, which is based out of Singapore. But obviously, you know, we do have some some people on our engineering team that are remote. But yeah, we're hiring for some senior roles and some some you know you know developer roles uh, here in Singapore. For people who may be keen to find out more, I'll be adding the link to the career page on the show notes. And beyond just going to workmate.asia to find out more about your business, where else can they go to to learn more about Workmate? I think that's that's a good place to go right now. Or, you know, you can obviously, you know, check out my LinkedIn and, and get more information or our LinkedIn page, should I say, and, and get more information about what we're doing there. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for your time today. I wish you continued success in the rest of your journey with Workmate. And thank you for coming on to the show. I appreciate it, Adrian. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it'll be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Agent Tan Show. 